Well, hey, guys. So, yeah. More we're here again, huh? We're talking about douchebags and that one. No, no, no. We're just, we're just letting it roll. We are here again. Episode. We are yeah. here. Episode 22. Welcome Is this 22? Welcome back. Is this 22? Yeah, yeah. Here at Laughing Vikings. Welcome, everybody. We got a uh, small studio audience here. We'll give our audience an applause. They give themselves an applause, too, because they're awesome. Yeah, Long-time yeah. Don't give us golf claps. That was ridiculous. What was that? It's a golf kind of show. Jeez. That's what we're running here. Am I driving an electric vehicle right now? No. Okay, golf clap me later. You know, we've come a long way from recording you in the Monarch. Yeah. Upstairs as our pilot episode before we even did That's a first true. episode. That's true. It's come quite a ways. And then we framed you up and the door kept opening in the background. And every like three and a half seconds, the door. No, and, and my, my bartender at the time, she couldn't understand what I was like. Could you turn the music off? She's like, okay, I'll turn it down. I'm like, no, no, like, we need to go off. Okay. A few minutes later, it's like, no, seriously, like, off is a thing. Like, there's actually a setting. Like, there's power on and power off. So the whole volume dial, let's just not include that in this mix anymore. We're just going to go straight for off. And next thing you know, you know. Well, it was our attempt to get an unauthentic interaction in a bar, but we realized we have to probably rent out a bar. Yeah, it's true because we also had a group of people behind us who were no, they were super cool. But we Very asked them, we're like, "Yeah, we're doing this. Can we like move you guys a little further back? Because you know you're having a great time and stuff." They're like, "Oh, are you shooting over there?" And we're like, "No." Like, All these giant be. like umbrella lights and the cameras and the right. sound equipment. We're just standing here looking at this stuff because we're, you know. But we didn't have a permit or a plan or anything. We just well, walked, a permit we or plan. A yeah, we it's not in. like we yeah, had a closed set, but. Then and we then, did here, and then we did at eighteen thirty. We did here. here, yeah. Then we went back to yeah to a restaurant. Now we're back here in the studio, and we're loving it. But who gives studio. a shit about any of that? We want to talk about some fucking crazy stories. We're here. All right, we're here with the man here. So All right, we're with the man. What's going on? All right. What's, so what's look, today, 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 what I want to talk about is something I was thinking about today, and I was thinking about it last week when I was out, out of town with my girlfriend. There's this little small bar in the middle of nowhere, and they've never had a bouncer, never. Now, in, this is one of those towns where, like, yeah, it's a very, very small town. You could drive through it, batting an eyelash, and miss it completely. But the idea that they've had a pub in this town for, like, 100 years, and there's never been anyone there to, like, secure the premises, except for, like, you know, the old lady that, like, pours your beers, strike, stru- struck me. And I, I started thinking about when I started in this industry, when this whole 39 Drunk and Disorderly thing kind of kicked off, and I was like, a wild man alcoholic and had like serious mental problems. And yeah, it was just wild. And I started this job and I thought to myself, this is terrifying. Like I'm going to start my first night. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I've never done this shit before. I didn't get my ass kicked. This is going to be crazy. Like this is nuts. There's got to be all these crazy there are bars. All these people at bars. They got to be crazy. It's going to be dangerous out there. So I got to like three or four fights at the bars. And just absolutely romper stompered the guys that were sort of fighting me and realized all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, this whole bouncing thing literally is just being that guy that can fight at the bar. You were like an X-Men discovering your power. Absolutely. It was very much an origin story. Very much so. Smashing skulls. And then you're like, "Uh No, I mean, I'm kind of first. The first altercation is three or four guys. You know, they're kind of, you know, getting weird. I'm like, okay, guys, you got to go. And the guy's like, or what? And I'm like, or I'm going to sort you out. The guy's like, oh, yeah. He turns around all drunk and he staggers, stumbles halfway towards me, basically into the right cross. And I'm like, hmm. And I see him kind of hit the floor and start bleeding. And his friends are looking at me and they're going, yeah, that's a punch. These things can happen. 
you know and the second guy's like i don't know and i'm like too late for that you know a few steps in three weeks later i'm like this bouncing thing is crazy easy you just show up everything's fine you know yeah it turns out it was, most people are just smaller it was the day it <laughs> was the day you found out you were a giant you realize you never but, like actually no i mean I, I was always a giant it wasn't even that though it's just the way okay the way you handle yourself in a fight as i've said this many times before you do it right away and you mean it. You don't play games. If someone's going to push you and say stupid things. You're going to fight, fight. You fight, yeah. You fight right away. Like, don't wait. If they choose to fight, you've waited too long. If they're ready to fight and haven't got there yet, you've waited just long enough. Because then you look great. Everyone's like, yeah, this guy was totally going to fight. And that dude just fucked him up. Was perfect. But then I thought about the retrospective. I'm like, wow, shit. Like, that's 20 years ago now, you know, like, I was a young guy. And now that I'm, like, in my 30s, like, late 30s at that, I was like, holy shit. It's gotten a lot more dangerous in this town since then. And I've still kind of treated it the same way, like, the whole time. Like, well, you know, and how it goes, right? Because you're used to it. I mean, the whole thing seems normal to me. It's, it's perfectly fine. Like, the bar scene, the level of violence and aggression. But that's because, like anything else, you don't notice something that scales up slowly around you, like lobster in a hot pot, mm. right? If you drop me into boiling water, I'd be like, holy fuck, this is crazy. But it's slowly like, ah, escalated. It's pretty nice. And, yeah, and you don't really realize because you, you, you adjust to that level of tension and aggression and danger like anything else you'd adjust to. Over time, you just don't notice it anymore. You're like, okay, well, some of the guys we deal with now are, are – homicidal lunatics for absolutely no reason no reason at all and i used to know who you know you'd see a guy coming in and be like okay this guy is part of this clique or part of this group and he's probably likely to be a psychopath and yada yada now it's like every fifth or sixth guy might very well be one of these dudes who would shoot you outside over a pack of gum one out of five guys is crazy is that the 20 uh, percent? yeah i kind of believe well, look, that i don't Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My guys are here. Tommy's Tommy's out there doing the head count. (laughs) For those of you who can't see him, and you know what? I can tell you, at least four out of the five guys in this room will fight when pressed. (laughs) At least we were talking about this a little bit earlier outside. I just saw Joker last night. I don't know if you guys ever saw Joker, but if there's ever a movie of how you could like just watch how a situation unfolds where a guy who becomes super mentally unstable does all these terrible things, but you're like, yeah, I kind of fucking understand exactly how all that happened. And I feel for you. Like people are fucking crazy, but there's, are you saying are you looking at me that way? Is it like, yeah, all these crazy things you've done. And the- well, no, yes, I like, you actually, know, I know your origin story. I look back your at my, I look back at myself broken physically and your mom died and all this shit. Happened I look back you, at myself so. with that same kind of, um, clarity and it is clarity because i i'm not i have no illusions about the kind of person that i have become and the kind of man that i was none whatsoever i mean many of the guys who've known me for a long time known me for years have known the different facets that are associated with that so sometimes i was almost insensate most of the time my people would see me only when i was completely wasted Right. So there were whole relationships were built like years and years. People knew me for 20 years, 15 years, and never once saw me sober. 
Because the only time I'd wander into their club or in the place they worked or wherever they happened to be was right. when I was mashed. Like, totally screwed up. They knew he was that guy. Mr. Yeah. Mashed. And so your behavior, wow. which is obviously going to be dramatically different when you're, like, you know, completely destroyed. I mean, I'm not – and we've all talked about how destroyed I get, so it's kind of a cliche. It's like the, When you're in Mr. Hyde mode. Yeah, when I, when I push it all the way to the envelope and stick it there, like, post-it note. For the next six months, we're just going to be completely deranged. I can really traumatize other people who aren't used to that. Like, I show up at their house, they're like, holy fuck, this guy is not just kind of fucked up. He's, like, fucked up all the time. And it's like, well, yeah, I was. Absolutely. 100%. And that never fazed me. It didn't bat an eyelash because the world I lived in and spent all my time in was exactly as fucked up as me. Right. So the leeway was given. I mean, bosses are like, you walk into these places when you're completely smashed, and your boss takes one look at you and he goes, you're pretty screwed up. And I'm like, he's like, do you need uppers or what? Like, you need something to keep you? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm on hallucinogens. If I take uppers right now, it's going to be all wrong. <laughs> and he's like, well, what are you seeing? And I'm like, don't worry about that. We'll be fine. I'm like, you're just a legate in this man's army. We'll, we'll march through this one. You know, and like, when you don't make sense, when you're a nonsense engineer long enough, the social structures you build make exactly the same sense as the rest of your life. So you live and interact with people mostly who understand that you are completely out of control. What scares me about that is that in today's, I don't know, epoch or, or social norm, there's just an enormous amount of inherent danger for no reason at all. You know, like you're doing your laundry and somebody shoots you. You're walking to get your shoes from your dad's place and somebody shoots up the building you're standing behind because of a video they saw on YouTube or something. Like, I mean, there were a lot of, I mean, there were a lot of violent guys 20 years ago when I was doing that. A lot of violent guys, very violent, dangerous, psychotic, violent guys. The difference is you actually had to go and look for them. Like you had to go to places where you were likely to encounter a really violent guy now you can be sitting in tim hortons and end up in the middle of a shootout i mean the mcdonald's at coxwell and gerard right where i grew up one of the craziest stories i I ever heard and i was i was there 45 minutes before this happened at the same mcdonald's was going to a hospital appointment i got breakfast went to the hospital appointment heard on the news that afternoon there was a security guard in there and two guys tried to hold up the McDonald's, like just pulled out guns. And they saw this guy had a gun and a vest because he's, you know, guy armored truck guy, right? So they drew down on him, unloaded on this guy, shot like 13 times, hit the guy once, hit three other random people. He fired three rounds from his service pistol, killed both these guys, and hit nobody else. I mean, where was that? That was in Toronto. McDonald's, Coxwell, and fucking Danforth. When? How recent? Like not that long ago. Really? Wow, that's like yeah, in I recent news. You could you could probably pull that up on the internet right now if you wanted to. Those yeah, of you at home hearing this. That's where I grew up. That's the area I grew up, like Upper Beaches, man. Like seriously, and it was one of those things. I don't know what day of the week it was. It was like middle of the week, you know. This guy was in there getting breakfast. These two guys started whipping their pieces out and talking shit. They saw him with a gun and a badge or a vest unloaded on him, missed him completely, like they hit him in the vest and in the arm, 
like twice, like 14, 15 shots a piece in this McDonald's, hit three random whatever, just people. He fired three times back, killed both these guys. I mean, there's a difference there when you talk about violence. The guy was violent. Yeah, he killed two people. But you know what? How many lives did that guy save? If those guys had had bigger clips, I mean, the list of casualties yeah, would have just grown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they already hit three innocent bystanders trying to shoot one guy. And that's what I mean when I say the violence has changed. It's indiscriminate. But Absolutely you, so, indiscriminate. So do you think the violence has gotten more severe, like, in your... In your no, I don't think it's gotten more severe. I think it's gotten more indiscriminate. The severity is always the same. I mean, how severe can it get? You die. That's the height of violent the severity. There's always been killers. I mean, I didn't grow up in the 60s. It wasn't like, oh, back in my day, we just had some fisticuffs in the pub. Like, that's not... No. I grew up in the 80s, the 90s, the thousands. This is... People shot each other. There's a violence. It was always there. I've always known people with guns. I've always known gangsters with guns. I've always dealt with people. I mean, I've done a lot of drugs in my time. You don't do a lot of drugs in your time and not run into people with fucking firearms. Drugs and guns. That Those yeah. things almost... They're almost cotigious. Isn't it the same unit? What's the, like, the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the DEA the, yes, or... Yeah, like, the drug, the drug enforcement drug, drug and firearms. You know, right. That, what is it? Uh, guns and gangs guns unit and here gangs. in Toronto? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Drugs and guns. Just yeah. basic... Because, well, no, because the, the two of them are, are, again, any culture that has prohibition on substances, like, like narcotics, is going to create a black market. And when something is worth money and you can't call the police... You have to defend yourself your own way. That I understand. I understand like having a shotgun if you're going to sell drugs. Because frankly, people will break into your house to shoot you and steal your drugs. That's a fact. The reason for that is you can't call the cops. You have no one to turn. There's no social or civic protection for someone in the black market. Which is why the black market is always associated with violence. The only way to keep the peace when you are violent or in a violent industry, is violence. That's it. That's one of the reasons that decriminalization works a hell of a lot better than legalization. Because once you decriminalize something, I can say, this guy broke into my house to steal my weed. I can call the cops and say that. Whereas if it's just legalized, there still might be reasons why. Like, for example, my, you know. Luna has something to say. This is one of our. Top top moments right here. This yeah. is our silent co-host. She sometimes arrives. She doesn't like me very much at all. She always tries to bite me and stuff. She's been uh, left she's out for a lot of she the episodes. You, but she's scared of um, as she was yeah. not. I don't know. In a restaurant. I don't know. I passed out here the last time we were filming in the back after the show because it was late and I was tired and I was yeah gone. last yeah last week. And Bob, then I woke Bob's up in the, Bob's woke Bob's in the middle of the night. Woke in the middle of the night. Came walking out to take a whiz and got attacked by like <laughs> one and a half pounds of very small dog in the dark. I admit, she's a lot more intimidating when you have no idea what it is attacking your ankle. You know what I mean? Like my imagination was like, oh my God, what is this? And then I was like, wait a second, what could it possibly be? And then I was like, wait a second, Luna. And she's like, once. Like after she attacked me, I think she scared herself more by it. She's like, I had yeah, the balls to attack him. You and then was she like, bit Whoa. the ankle and then yeah. staggered back like three feet. Was like, oh shit, I did it. She's like, that was a mistake. I, I shouldn't have done that. You know, it's like you slap the shark and realize, why did I fucking slap the shark? You know, what I mean? <laughs> it was just swimming by. I was fine. She, no, she's uh, adorable. She literally that you don't know about this, but last week, once your snoring kicked in, 
she wandered to the door and was like growling and starting to like, is there an animal? Like, I think she thought there's a, there's a, there's a bear. There's a bear in the back room. Like, that is, that is not at all the first time. I passed out a, at a sorority party one time. Girl's like, yeah, sleep on this couch. No one cares. She's living with me. Blah, blah. Next morning, this girl tries to burst in with a uh, badminton racket. Because she thought there was like a raccoon or some animal. Like, I'm like. <laughs> Quick, I, there's a wallaby the in there. Is, the problem is my feet were sticking off the end of the couch. And we're blocking the door shut. So she went to burst in with the, the badminton racket. And the door opened about that far. Hit my feet. Badminton racket hits her. She staggers backwards. Screams, what's in there? And I'm like, what's in here? Because uh, I have no idea. So I half wake up. I'm rolling off this couch. I'm like. What animals? She's like, there's an animal in there. I'm like, animals? I'm looking around for animals. I'm looking around and then I'm like, wait a minute. And I open the door and I'm like, I'm the animal. How's it going? And she's like, are there animals in there? I'm like, just one. And she's like, where? And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Ma'am. Right here. So she made me coffee and apologized for like attempting to attack me with a badminton racket, which was cool. That, you know that was cool. I love how even our tangents are fucked up stories. Like we were on, I don't know, we were talking about what? guns and then we went what, this way. What's, what, what's have we asked this? What's the most uh, random object? And you oh, said yeah. this is in like three episodes. Yeah, yeah. you said it was a, uh, a weirdest golf weapon. Club. Oh no, I said that was the most entertaining. Right. What's like the weirdest thing that's artificial Christmas tree? Oh, that was a good one too. Yeah. It was something else that you said. We have to go back to the archives. There was something else. That was a weird one though. Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. yeah. Use the mic. The guy himself. K Rock. It's actually really funny that the audio guy is not using the mic. But it was um uh, the pocket knife, the the thing. You were where you were, were saying that he must be a computer repairman. Oh, that was the stupidest thing anyone ever yeah. pulled on me. Yeah, the multi-tool. Oh, yeah, the multi-tool. Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. Check out episode yeah, Mutton, that was Muttonhead and Multi-Tools. That yeah, was, yeah, that was Muttonhead exactly. and Multi-Tools, for sure. That was hilarious. Yeah, no, but the stupid, the weirdest thing I think anyone's ever like tacked me with was an artificial Christmas tree. That was really weird. It's great. I didn't deserve that one either. That was one of those like misunderstandings that got out of control. <laughs> As uh, all artificial Christmas tree crimes No, are. a girl invites me to a party. I show up, and it's a family party, and her ex-husband and the kids and shit are there, and it's, like, extremely redneck, and I wander in, and I'm like, why am I at this, what the, who the fuck are these people? And she's like, oh, this is my, these are my kids, and this guy, like, staring daggers at me across the room is, like, her, like, very recent ex-husband, you know, and I'm like, okay. And this is his parents' place, like, it's not her family place, it's their family place. And I'm the boyfriend at their family Christmas. I'm like, wow, this is a mistake. And partway through the night, you know, drunk and uncle got mad at me. And people yelled at me about, you know, how could you break up this family and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I didn't even know she had a family. Like, what are you talking about? She met me like yesterday at a bar. Like, I thought we were going for dinner. I didn't know it was Christmas dinner. It was your family Christmas <laughs> dinner. They look like I'm dressed for a family dinner. And they're like, no, you look kind of like a bum too. I'm like, you see what I mean? Like. We both agree I shouldn't be here. And then her ex-husband got really mad at me because apparently I was talking down to her or something when I asked him, like, is there anywhere around here I can go and, like, smoke a joint and get away from your family or their family? And they're like, oh, you're talking down about our family. And so 
he grabs the Christmas tree and all the kids are sitting around. He's like swinging the Christmas tree like a baseball bat. And the kids are like, eh, and I'm like, all right, this is out of control. So I try to leave and the guy hits with the Christmas tree. So, of course, I knocked him out on the front steps of his mom's house. Was it before Christmas or after Christmas? It was like Christmas. Oh, it was actually right on Christmas. Christmas I used to like not do Christmas, right? Like, That's why people are traumatized about Christmas. Family. I had no idea that Christmas was not my thing. In fact, it's like my mom died really close to Christmas. Yeah, I was tons of people, tons of people commit suicide on Christmas. It. So that's always great. Like, you know, first of all, I'm the worst gift giver yeah. in the world. I really am. And the reason for that is I just can't think in other people's shoes at all. You should just make things. So I buy people. things that I think are cool. And I'm like, you'll love this. You should sing them songs. They're like size 12 shoes. Aww. Size 12. These are 17 and a half. <laughs> I that's could buy you, you size 12 that's shoes. you trying to relate, I guess. Oh, not even. I just buy size 17. Actually, these are amazing yeah. shoes. Check yeah, these out. Yeah, these are for you. Yeah. You're like, you should just write people poems. That's <laughs> what you should do. Sing them songs. Write them something nice. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Sounds good so far. What's with that ass? Enough with the bread already. That's a haiku. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's good. See? I got that from you. I would be like, Bob is not my friend. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't care about me at all. Wow. That was very last no, minute. I, I gave my, my ex-wife clip-on earrings for one of our anniversaries when she has her ears pierced. I'm that guy. I just don't know, and I just don't care. And I try, but it's very difficult. I go to stores, and I get more frustrated at being at the store than buying something. Yeah. Because I always get approached by someone who wants to extra sell me things that I totally don't need. And I don't, and you know, I don't suffer fools. I lose it pretty fast. When people are like, so, do you need this Italian man bag? It really compliments your eyes. And I'm like, do you think I need this Italian man bag? Let's have a long conversation about how much I don't fucking need this Italian man bag, okay? I, I'm here to buy my girlfriend something. What do girls like? And then I realize the guy I'm talking to is wearing like capri pants has been doing this for at least the last half hour. And I'm like, you have no idea, do you? He's like, you want to sell me an Italian man bag because you want me to take you to dinner. Damn it. I'm talking to the wrong guy. I'm like, where's that old lady I saw in here? Oh, she's the cleaner. Yeah, where is she? She might know what lady's like. What the fuck's going on in here? Where am I? I'm all very confusing. I'm like, I'm at Eaton Center again, aren't I? I can tell. I would just... I only uh, go here when I'm high on acid. <sighs> I would just like to take this moment to say if you're a designer or a company that produces Italian man bags and you want to sponsor the show, then send Bob an Italian man bag. Yeah, and absolutely. Buy, and I will totally wear your scrote tote. Just make sure that when you send it to me, it says something awesome on it like like scrote tote. Scrote tote. <laughs> so I would have to explain it. Why am I carrying a man's sexual handbag? Because it's my scrote tote. Should we just make that a thing and brand it ourselves, scrote tote? And it's just like in the shape of balls, but it kind of has like no, a fanny it's pack. It's a furry bag full of fun. That's all. It doesn't have to be full of balls. Scrote tote. No, I just mean looks like balls. It doesn't even have to look like balls. That's ridiculous. You're, you're thinking way too much in it. Oh, we're I, ridiculous. I think it's good. It's a fanny pack. Just, That's curly, just some curly fun fur on the outside of a half-decent utility satchel, and I'm good. They're fanny balls. I like the name scrote tote. That's what oh, I'm it's saying. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. How about like scrotum? It's like a douche flute. Fanny ball. It's one of those where, like, you know, my buddy told me this. He's like, he, he, he smokes these vape pens, right? Which these? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean but, one of these? Yes, one of these. 
Oh, by the way, this episode brought to you by Vape Pens and Three Speed and Budweiser. This is um, uh, what is this company? Milky Way. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. This is Pina Colada. The other day, he's like, he's like, don't make fun of me for smoking my douche flute. (laughs) And as soon as he said it, I was like, man, you can't say that, and I certainly not to make fun of you for it. Like, yeah, he's tuning up his douche flute right now. You see what I mean? Like, it's it's perfect, and it's such a millennial thing. The whole vape, the whole vape thing. I'm loving vape disease. Isn't this good? Vape disease? You don't know about vape disease? (laughs) Like it's like 19, 19, 25 people in the States have died of like mysterious respiratory illness from vape disease. Love it. It's like paid for by cigarette companies, I'm sure. No, the best part is no, the best part is most of these vape companies, if you don't know this, are owned by tobacco companies (laughs) because it's still nicotine. And guess who grows that? Uh, You have to have a license. Is restricted substance, right? So who do you think is making the fucking vape pens that you're smoking? Do you think you're sticking it to Big Tobacco? Oh, Not yeah. a fucking chance. Big Tobacco's bent you right over the barrel. They're like, ah, you have no idea. Yeah. They've been trying to find ways to sell tobacco to kids legally for a million years. They almost, in fact, the history of history of nicotine gum, very interesting. They tried to make like flavored nicotine bubble gum. That's great. So they could sell it to kids because, oh, it's not smoking. You know, but you'll want to smoke after you chew two, two fucking chunks of this shit, right? Amazing. I love it. And people spend like, oh, well, vaping is so much better for you. It's like, you know, it's just big tobacco companies. They're just raping the world. and what raping. It's genius. Shared genius. Can, can you touch your toes? Can we get back to the guns? We were talking about guns. Uh, seriously. We do tangent a lot on the show. Fucking talk yeah. about some guns. Um, I have a question for you. I want to talk about, uh, you don't need to talk specifics, but what's the most gunny situation? I was going to ask. Because we've talked a lot about knives. You've been in a lot of stabby situations, but I want to talk about. Okay, so there are three. There are three, and they're basically equal because of the impact it had on me over the years. Um, 15, 14 years old, walking through an island where my mom used to live. Some guy was robbing some other guy. No idea what was up. I was just walking through the alley. Kid going home from the convenience store, right? Guy turns around. Dirty Mac 10. Like, really, those are pretty scary. What is that? Uh, what it's is it? It's a semi-automatic. It's a, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a brick. It's a brick with a long clip on the bottom. And it's But they're pretty iconic. If you read any comic books or whatever, you know what a Mac 10 looks like. It looks like an Uzi. It's just a little bit bigger. It's bigger than an Uzi. Yeah. Uzis are actually very compact. Anyway, scary. And he's pointing at my fucking face. And he's like, what do you want, kid? You just stumbled. And I was just walking wrong by. Wrong place, wrong time. And I was, like, thing. I was like, I want. To not be shot absolutely with a Mac nothing. 10. Like straight up. I'm like, do you want something? Because whatever it is, you can absolutely fucking have it. Like I have nothing. I have a bag of chips in this game I just rented from the convenience store. That's it, man. Like fat give me, dork. Give me your fucking yeah. chips. I'm like, I'm like fat dork. These ketchup chips are yours. Chips. You know what I mean? You can chips. totally have them. Yeah, basically. I'm like, they're yours, pal. So that was one. That's the most Canadian gun story ever. I was I was, was robbed for ketchup chips no, he didn't rob by me. a guy with a Mac I said that's part. He didn't rob me. He took one good look at me. He's like, yo, you live in the neighborhood, right? Because he's seen me around. And I was like, no. He's like, yes, you do. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you tell anybody, I'll kill you. I'm like, okay. He's like, fuck off. And he goes uh, back to robbing this guy. I'm like, sorry, pal. Have a good day. Like, I'm, no vigilante here. No, I'm a kid, man. Of course. That well, shit, I'll see vigilante. A gun. What are you going to do with a gun? Home. Yeah. 
done with that. With the gun. Seriously. When Batman was 10 years what old, you know, you who, you know who he was fighting? Nobody. He was the girls in his class were kicking his ass. He wasn't fighting nobody. Same situation today. Would you do the same thing? No. What would you do now to a guy with a Mac-10? Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> Gun's scary. Sorry. You pull the I machine know. gun on me, I'm like, eh, take the chip. Take the, the no, I'll be like, here's the ketchup chips. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You want to play Mario 3? It's yours. Like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. Oh, That's what you had? Chips and, and a Game Boy? Yeah. No, it was a video game. Right? You know, when you, you play rent video games at the corner store. Oh, okay. Like for Nintendo. So I rented a video game wow, and bought a bag of chips. dated. Yeah, man. That was the 80s, man. I was a kid. That's what we did. Do you remember what game you rented? No. Let's what just say it was Bubble Bobble yeah, because you. chances are I, I did rent that game Let's a number of times. Yeah. And it has like 300 levels and I played it a lot. So, so anyway, second one, I was at one of my drug dealers' houses one time and I came in and I was all fucked up when I got there. I wanted to pick up some shit and his gangster buddies were all sitting around like cleaning their guns at the fucking coffee table when I walked in. And so I walked up and I sat down. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Again, I can't explain this behavior to anyone. I really can't because it's not, it's not rational. I was out of my mind. I was living to kill myself. My mom had died. I, I just lost it. I know I was insane for a long time and just kept it under wraps. Like, no, no, no. Bob's just fine. It's all good. So I sit down and this guy's looking at me. He's like, yo, what the fuck's this big white boy want? And I'm like, hmm. We'll continue this conversation. When you put your gun under your seat, then we'll talk. You want to talk to me man to man? You put the gun away and we'll talk. And my boy, who was selling me the shit at the time, was like, no, no. Don't fuck with Bob. Don't put the gun away. Because if you do, he'll leap over this table on you like right now. The only reason he hasn't done so already is because your gun is on the table. Like, Bob's out of his mind. And I'm like, don't tell him that. <laughs> I'm like, you're breaking the truce. Ouch. And I'm like, put the gun under the chair and we'll sort it out. And the guy goes, Man, you got some balls on you. And I sat up and said one of the most racially insensitive things I've ever said in my life. And I'm going to say it just because it was important at the time. I said, listen up, man. I'm the new black now. Nobody cares about your moose cock on the strip. It's who rules the emotional scene. And I cry in bed. And just leaned across the table and smiled at him. Give him a peck on the cheek. The guy's fucking gun is still sitting around the table. And I'm like, so anyway... Who's got the shit? I'm done with this. That was my afternoon. You know, that was an evening in Bob's world. That's a great scene right there. So the third, the third gun incident. And they all sort of fall into the same category of it was scary later in retrospect. Like thinking back on it was much more terrifying than the moment. But I was patting a guy down at the front door of the club I was working at. And I go down and it's just big cargo shorts down, right? I hit his cargo pocket and he's got. It's a 38 or a 22, but it's a small automatic. I can tell by the feel in the pocket of his pants. And I grab it, and I grab it, like, by the stock, by the hand. Like, I'm, I'm holding the gun like I should be. Like, Err. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and he's looking at me kind of weird. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. So I jam the shit up against his balls. Nice. While holding, it through, his, while holding it through his pants, right? So you're like, I can fucking shoot and you then I the said to him, I right said, now. I hope you're not one of those dumb fucks. That rolls with his shit off safety. Click. <laughs> yeah. And I squeezed the fucking trigger. That's amazing. Now, he was lucky. 
he's one of those guys that I guess he had safety on or wasn't chambered Otherwise, or what have you. Because I would have blown his fucking balls off right there at the door of the club. And I'm like, and now we've gotten past that moment. And he's like, you know, sheet white. And I'm kind of, hmm, that was interesting. I said, well, why don't you go back to your car, ditch all your fucking shit. In fact, you know what? Don't come back. Because I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. You've like you've stressed me right out. This is a weird situation, and I'm done with you. So please go. You know, and he's standing there, and his girlfriend's like, "Did you have, did you have your piece?" And he's like, "He almost shot me in the balls." Right. And the old old woman I was working with, the Italian lady, she looks up at this guy and goes, "Wow, you're fucking dumb. Didn't he just tell you to leave after almost shooting you in the balls? Just." You know, please disappear, plebiscite, wow. you know? So those are the so, three gun stories. That so, really and was that recent, life. or was that that one? Was... Those are all aggregate. The first one, I was a kid. The second one was, like, you know, 22, 25, that range. third one was late 20s, working at the club. Nice. So would you say that there's been more, like, guns found recently, or has that escalated, like, in your bouncing? The, oh, absolutely. Yes. 100%. There are more guns on the street now, for sure, without a doubt, than there were when I started this business. What about, we got studio audience here. Apparently, um, we got some yeah, experience Yeah, some of the, the guys field. here are also, are also members of the, of the late night community. Who do we got? Who's, who was accompanying us tonight? We got, we got Big Daddy M, and we got the Ninja. Okay, Tommy. They're my, they're my boys. They're my, boy. yeah. no, 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 they're my boys. And, and here's the thing. Would you agree? Then in the last 20 years, there have been, you know, more firearms on the strip. They don't need to be on there. That's a nod for That's yes. Oh, no, we got it. We yeah. got it. Okay. They gave us a nod. Just so yeah. Know. These men value their discretion more than I do because I can't hide anyway. So. Right. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm getting my gun license next weekend. Oh, yeah? Hi, yeah, oh, is that for hunting pal, or just pal, straight hunting? Good job, Lars. I mean, it's mainly for TV and film because uh, Guns when, are I'm cool. in, when I'm in movies and film where I need to look like I'm a fucking rock star cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with blanks, you have to. Yeah, that's true. And they want to know what the well, fuck yeah, you're you doing. And you want to be safe. You want to be safe, too. Yeah, you don't want to be I had the level one carry and conceal license. It's lapsed, but I had it when I was working as a bodyguard back in the day. I had to have it for the work. I had passive aggressive handcuffing, tack communication, air assault baton weapons, and uh, firearms one. Nice. You need firearms two and three to carry with the vest, right? Would you go back to bodyguarding? No. Why? Really? Not? If, you would if be somebody such a good was player. like, here's a hundred grand, you're just my guy, you would rather show up at a random bar and deal with all the shit you deal with? Yep. What? A bar I can choose. Really? Yep. No, it's actually simple. That's an environment I can select. Hmm. I can I can choose which bars I work in. Oh, so you'd just rather be in one spot. Not only that, like, not just necessarily one spot, zone. but a spot of my choosing. When you bodyguard someone, you go where right. they go. Interesting. And if they go to dangerous places, guess where you're going? And the more dangerous the place, the more likely they need a bodyguard, the more likely they are to fucking go there. What if... I, okay, I bodyguarded a kid band. I mean a kid band. These were little kids, like 8, 9, 12 years old. Hansons? Let's just say it was Hanson. <laughs> no, they're a really cool band, the- and I'll give them a shout-out. They're uh, called Hidden Echo. Awesome group. I think that's Bands, 
We're amazing. Thumbs up, boys. You guys are great. I hope you're doing well. I haven't seen you in whatever. Turns out they're handsome. Or it was Hanson. I got hired by their father because these kids are winning Battle of the Bands. And other parents were threatening them. That's Like hockey dad threatening little kids. That's fucking crazy. And while I was bodyguarding them at one event, literally we had a guy. He walked up to us and straight up started threatening little kids. I could not believe it. Yeah, he. That's t- Tommy just did the universal sign for wakey wakey. Right. And yes, this I asked the little kids. I'm like, hey guys, you want to play pool? And the kids are like, yeah. I'm like, here's five bucks. Rack the pool to help. I'll be right there. And I said, sir, can I talk to you for a second? And the guy's like, blah, 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 mouthing off, swearing at the kids. We stepped around just behind these pillars where the garbage cans were. I dummied him just a little bit. Nice. Made him like, you know, put his head in the garbage can. And talk to him for a bit. Was having the garbage can. I was like, "Hey, man, <laughs> that's great." Here's the thing: the rest of you can go in here. We can keep playing this fucking game, or you can leave the children alone. Right? Can we work on leaving the children alone? Because huh? that'd be really I nice. I didn't hear you, garbage man. Basically, I didn't hear you. That's great. It's like I'm not listening to you until I pull your head out of this trash bin. I'm not going to do that until I get like at least one full body nod that we're going to leave the children alone. <laughs> that's great. You know what a body nod is? You have a guy in a hold. And he can't shake his head because his head's in the garbage can. So you go, yeah, like yes or no. And all yours, and you're like, no, 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 body nod. And people can make their whole body. They do it. They go, they do the whole up and down, like, like dolphin moves. Like, that, like, yes, that's a body nod. I'll take that as a yes. That scene in the in the gun to the nut scene, to me, is going to be great for the show. As you guys know, some or maybe some of you guys don't know, uh, we're de- the purpose of this podcast is we're developing this into a tv series like dark comedy netflix kind of thing and we're always like on the lookout for cool scenes and i love i love a guy in a garbage can being like forced to so far to answer i like the acoustics of a guy in a in a in a (laughs) yeah yeah i like the dolphin call a little bit the dolphin what's even weirder is that same night we got outside his that guy and apparently his brother or something were standing outside. He called his brother and be like, "Yeah, this big guy like pushed me in a garbage can and talked shit." To me. His brother didn't understand when he said this big guy. Right. I guess he didn't really clarify. Right. Like the biggest guy Giant. I've ever seen <laughs> is at this like bar in the middle of nowhere. So you should show up and defend me. Because what I saw is I walked out and I saw the guy and he still looked like he'd been in a garbage can for a bit because you know he had been. And I see this dude standing next to him, who's a little bit bigger than him, but still like just some dude, like five foot six, like small town, like some dude, right? It's great. And I saw them both, and I'm like, "Kids, you're all right." And the father's like, "Here's your money. We're in the van. We're good." And I'm like, "Excellent. So it's my time now." Perfect. Ding ding. I go back in to buy a beer. Two guys are gonna be cut eye, but they're standing outside. So I'm like at the bar. I look over my shoulder, and outside in the parking lot, there's this guy with garbage in his hair. And his brother, give me the cut eye. So I said to the waitress, I'm like, so you pour me a shot (laughs) and uh, get a beer racked up for me. I'll be back in a minute because I think these guys are feeling some kind of way about the way the night went. I guess I got to sort it out. It's not your fault, guys. I'm really sorry. She's like, those guys look like they're really angry. I'm like, yeah, that's going to change. Soon they're going to be really going home really fast. (laughs) And I went out the front door, literally took one look at the guys, pointed at them like, you. You beat up kids. Like, you threaten children. Who the fuck is this guy? And his brother's like, you threaten children? 
And I was like, ha And I clapped my hands, turned around, went back inside. By the time I got to the bar, his brother was beating him up next to the car. Nice. I was, I was like, that's it. That's common decency, right? Words win wars. Well, no, it's that simple. <laughs> I would never call one of my friends and be like, you know what happened? I was threatening children. And this guy put my head in a right. garbage can. Because my friends would show up and light my ass on fire. Like, you know, like they're real people. You don't put up with that shit. Like you got to be normal. That's and that's what I mean when I was saying about the violence level in this city. It's not that it's more violent. It's that it's completely fucking indiscriminate. And that's why our show is like Dark Knight meets Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, very much. Oscar the Grouch says, don't fuck with kids. Or, yeah, just like what you're saying, yeah. What's your gun knowledge and scenarios? Like, I know those. Not guns, great. Your personal use Not of great. Guns. Very few. Should my we go dad, to a range? Let's go to a yeah, range. Yeah, we totally sometime. should. Let's do an episode at a gun range. Yeah. My dad was very serious. Actually, home from the range. That's, I would like to give a shout out. I'll give a shout out to Rapier Wits. Uh, and Kareem, you can vouch for this. Uh, Daniel Levinson. Rapier Wits, a company in town that trains. I know those guys. On yeah. Gun and, um, gun and weapons and uh, stunts and You're action amazing. scenes. Amazing, amazing and, sword choreography. Amazing. Amazing. You watch their shit I, and you're like, these I, guys I took are a training course with them. They got me to fight on stage in, in a show with these guys when I did Princess Bride. In a matter of weeks, they that's got me, right. They yeah, got yeah. Me looking like I could. And fake that, you know, he, that he, scene. I saw that. He fenced well enough on stage to, to represent a guy who has fenced before, and he hasn't. That scene, that, that scene from Princess Bride is actually renowned as one, if not the greatest. It's uh, one of sword the most, fighting yes, scene in all of television and film like that fencing. was and you you kind of pulled it off like not kind of you did like you pulled <laughs> Wait, it, it off kinda. let's say okay it look yeah. it was fucking hard you guys you guys well, were, you guys were still amateur plebes by comparison to the guys who did the original scene but the reason for that Months. is they were also trained by the the guy who taught like, Errol Flynn for like a month and all those right. dudes to sword fight he was like the quintessential he was an Olympic gold medalist I can't remember his name but he's a very famous swordsman who taught those guys how to sword fight. And basically explained, and they took months. So basically, to learn what I'm, you did in weeks. I'm like Errol Flynn and Carrie Ells. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. <laughs> and then I'm here to hear first. I'm going to go learn how to. I'm going to be a gunman. That's He's going to be like Kiefer Southern. Look out! Next Kiefer Southern coming up. Twenty-eight okay. hours. <laughs> no, this is not how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I like. I like this one. <laughs> we are, we already talked about shitty shooting before, like McDonald's, right? That's the thing. Right. You no, my, some, my dad, no, my dad once spread. again, as you know, my dad's one of my heroes. Yeah. He was very serious spread. when I was a youth about not even like, wasn't they had a problem with plague guns or anything like that? But he wanted me to understand that firearms are not a fucking joke. Right. It's not a children's toy. It's not a fucking, you know, it's not, a, it's not something to laugh about. Right. You know, when my uncle was like, we should go to a shooting range, my dad only agreed because I was shooting a bow and not a gun. And that, 100%, I fucking respect that. And the reason I do is very simple. I live in Canada. There's absolutely no necessity whatsoever for me to own a personal firearm, unless it's for hunting, at which point it should just stay in my closet with the shells like in the basement because it's a hunting rifle. I don't need it in my home. I own a baseball bat. I'm seven feet tall. I can fight. Like if you break it home with a gun, guess what? You're going to shoot me. That's going to happen. That's life. I can't stop that, but I'm not going to add to it by adding the scare culture. Everyone needs a gun because guns make people safe from guns. And that idea is just fucking yeah, retarded too. 
Guns. We know it's retarded. We know it is. We all know it is. Guns do not make us safer from guns. Guns just add guns. What makes us safer from guns is the right people having fucking guns. Are you saying, Bob, that the more guns are around, the more people end up shooting guns? Is that what you're saying? No. Nope. The more guns people have, the more people get shot by guns? Is that what you're saying? No, not at all. What I'm huh. suggesting is that there's a correlation somewhere between everyone having a gun and people getting shot with them. Right. You want to make your right. own decisions? Go ahead. But mathematics will tell you something interesting about that. More equals more. There was a bunch of guns in this Most room. Of One of us would have been shot by a gun already just because we would have been like, hey, look at this gun. Don't we like, all? Didn't you guys right. all bring your guns? Oh, wow. Right. All right. So there's another story. This How many good. guns? Ken will love right this now. story. Ken, this is the day that you almost died, you and you live. didn't even know it. We were sitting at... Who is Ken? Don't worry. Ken oh. knows who Ken is. Oh, okay. You looked down the barrel, but I thought you were looking at Jabril. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm yeah, playing yeah. to the camera. Bro. Right. I thought, right. Show, I thought you had a That's nickname great. for Jabril. So, Shout out to Jabril and uh, Kareem. Batman from... and Robin. Yeah. A.K.A. Ken and Barbie. One's wearing black and blue, <laughs> the Batman and Robin colors. The other's wearing orange, the Robin colors. You're ready to go. <laughs> and you recently changed the name. This is a new update. You changed the name of your uh, production company. So it's not Cypher Picks anymore. What is it? Um, the new name is like my initials. It's JDK Captures. JDK Captures? Nice. Got it. Do we hear that? Shout it out. JDK Captures. JDK Captures. Now we've got that for JDK. sure, right, Robin? What does JDK stand for again? Uh, it's my initials. It's like for my name. But say your whole name. <laughs> okay. Um, Jean Karim Dongu. There it is, right there. Say it one what? more time. Jean-Kahim Dongu. Nice. And now no one can one say that we are not cool diverse name. like fuck on this show. Jean-Kahim Dongu. That was, that was sensuous, man. My I name loved is, every second my of name that. Is, my name is Jean-Kahim Dongu. Did you have a story you for Ken? Or? Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell yeah, the sorry, Ken back, story. Back so to Ken. I have a friend of mine who used to work for, well, he still does, actually, so I'm not going to mention his name, works for the Canadian government in his own capacity. Ooh. And he is a, a kick kit at home. So that's a, a bulletproof vest and a bag, like a briefcase bag with, you know, a compass, a couple passports. And like a, a go bag. Yeah. It's yeah. A kick bag. And a nine millimeter pistol. His Great. pistol. His <laughs> pistol. <laughs> and, and, and a nine mil. So obviously. one afternoon we're sitting around his apartment drunk. As surprisingly enough, we were drunk. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to mention this too often, but a lot of the stupid things that happened in my life happened because I was either really high or really drunk. Right, drunk and disorderly, thirty-nine of them. Right. Picture. So drunk as fuck, he pulls his gun out, and we're looking at it, just hanging out. <laughs> Buddy Ken sitting across the way, wearing this stupid blue helmet that he has. You know, it's part of the kickback. Like you know, government can call on him to help defend the city. What the fuck was his job? What was he? That's <laughs> all, that's Sorry, all. wait. Where did he get the helmet Soldier. from? He worked for the Canadian military. Right. In, in whatever capacity. The point is right. that they gave him a kick bag in and case they needed to call him and activate him for whatever personal service, what have you. Had a vial of maple syrup in so it. So I'm playing with this gun. It's very Canadian. And Ken's sitting there in this stupid helmet in his vest. <laughs> and I'm like, uh huh. And I point the gun right at his fucking face. Inches away. And it occurs to me, and again, like I told you, my experience with guns is mostly on the other end. I don't really have a lot of experience. Only your firing guns. I've shot a few in my time, but not really. But it occurred to me at the very last minute before doing anything stupid and drunk and bravado. I'm like, yo, can everybody clear the chamber on this? 
So I go. Only one way to find out. And I pull it back, and this bullet spirals out onto the couch next to me, and I'm looking at it. I and I'm I, looking at Cannon. The guy was this far away from his fucking face. Right. And I'm oh thinking, God. and I almost pulled the fucking trigger because they were just fucking around. And I'm like, my God, I was almost one of those idiot demographics. Right. Like, can you fucking believe that? Like, playing with guns and someone got killed. Like, <laughs> I realize how easy that is to happen. Oh, if I had been just a little bit slower on the draw and a little bit drunker or whatever, I would have shot my buddy point blank in the face with a 9mm. Killed his ass. No problem. Like, right there. Instantly. Of course. Right? I, that was one of those, again, that's actually a gun story I should have told earlier, the gun story thing. Again, you realize, if you don't know anything about guns, the best thing you can do with guns, not follow them. Right. Leave them alone, because you are more likely to shoot you, or someone you know, or someone you care about, or something you care about, like, you know, your TV or what have you. Yeah, that's why they're, so, in your life, they're, right? so, they're so strict on set. They, like, give give us a gun, and then they have someone pretty much Hawkeye over top of you until, like, they take it away. Right, yeah, there's a guy, like, that's full-blown the gun guy. And that's yeah. a good idea. Between every take, yeah, too. I believe the name for that person is the weapons master. But you got it, it's the weapons sure, sure master. I called him Well, and how many fucking, guy, how many actors yeah. have died? From mismanaged guns on right. stage. A few, a few Quite a few. A few to name Quite a few. Yeah. We're actually, during a scene, really, you're, you're never, the gun is supposed to never be pointed at the guy, ever. It's just everything's off well, axis, didn't, didn't, but to the camera. Didn't Bruce Lee's son die from a blank cartridge? Yeah. Yeah. Like the back blow on the, on the blank cartridge still killed him? Something like that, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, seriously. So, like I said, guns are never safe. Right? And guns, especially handguns, one of those things are kind of a joke, right? Handguns are a joke because we lie about how we can, oh, a handgun, it's a tool. Yeah, it's a man-killing tool. That's a tool. You know, like, so is, like, the skull drill or, like, you know, finger finger clamps or, like, the pear. Well, it's a tool. Sure, it cranks open and it's it's supposed to break your jaw or open up your sphincter really good for the burning lead. Like, it's it's not, you know, you want to talk about tools, we can talk about tools, right? Hammers, yeah, I can kill you with a hammer, but I can also drive fucking nails. Sure, I can screw drive. You ever tried to drive a nail with a fucking gun? It's pretty uh, hard. There's probably a lot of people in Texas who have. Yeah, yeah, and guess what? They probably shot themselves. To, <laughs> fucking, they ain't going in there. You know, you pull your balls off trying to nail a fucking mirror to the wall. I bet they tried to shoot the nail in. It's even better. Grandma <laughs> taking a dump on the other side of the trailer wall, and you're like trying to shoot the nails in. For anybody listening in Texas, don't do it. But if you have any footage, send it to us. But if you don't have footage, don't create the footage to send to us. For the you love can, of God, you can create. No, no, you can create the footage. No, it's no, no, right. I'm not syndicating. No, Trevor no. says no. I say yes. I overrule Bob, Trevor on this one. Bob, does, yeah. I, just for the record. Seriously, boys, you want to shoot all the nails and you can't. Now, remember, it's easier when you're really close to the nail, too, right? Because you got to see what you're doing. That's important. That's that's important. That Maybe important. if we just hashtag Texas in this podcast, we'll get a lot of any, any questions from Batman? Not a question. I just wanted to add a story of my own. Yes. I've also nearly been story? part of that idiot demographic. Because I grew up in a family where on both sides of my family, I have a lot of military and police officers. Both my grandparents on both my dad and my mom's side were police um, captains. So there was always a gun somewhere in the house. Sure. So I was at my grandparents' place. I was probably like seven. And I was playing with a cousin of mine. 
And that idiot actually had found one of my uncle's guns. And I don't know what the fuck I did to him, but I remember I pissed him off. And his reaction was to go get the gun and uh. point it straight at my face. Um, thankfully, after a lot of crying and begging from my part, he let the gun go. But yeah, I, I, one wrong move in that situation and I would have been like blown away. Was it a loaded weapon? Yeah. That's wow. crazy. Um, That's wild. Class, yeah. that, that classic seven-year-old story right there. <laughs> Fucking cousins, man. Oh, yeah. I did beat him up. I'm bigger than most of my family. How old was he? He was probably 11. Do you think he knew, like, or it was right like he, he thinks he's playing, like, at a certain age, you're playing make-believe no, kind of thing, so no, you he, don't this really wasn't, realize. He, from that description, it wasn't make-believe. He was yeah, pissed yeah, off, and he yeah. grabbed that weapon in anger. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, it's terrifying. I'm fucking glad that he did not pull the trigger, and I'm also fucking yeah. glad that you dummied his ass after the fact, <laughs> because Jesus, fuck. Yeah. But so that CDK could be here to produce our content. Yeah, if you don't wake up and learn that one real quick. I mean, I'm sorry. Also, again, I don't believe in that shit. Like, kids watch cartoons and think it's okay to hit each other with sledgehammers because you know they know better. Right. Every kid is like stubbed their finger trying to like close a door or fuck around. They know hitting you with a sledgehammer. Well, it's just for fun. I didn't know better. Fuck you. You knew better. I knew better. You know, it doesn't mean you aren't going to do it, but you knew better. Can we get a mic on Linda there? Oh, we've got a mic on. I'm sure she's coming through. Yeah, let's get it. We got awesome little dog snores in the it's background because she's so it. happy with us right now. He's snoring. He's like, yeah, you guys all have gun. A, you guys all have gun mic, problems. You know what mic, I have? I have belly rub problems. Put a mic on Luna just to like, you just know, leave it there it. just in case. So Luna, what's your opinion, babe? Are you okay? She's interacting sniff. with it. She needs to be caught off guard. This is compelling podcasting right now. It's pretty. It's no, pretty this major. is what happens with guys who are also drunk and high and make a podcast because. <laughs> We're talking hey, about dog put the snores. Mic next to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, this is the where, where are we? Where are we at uh, timeline? Wrap up time, maybe this five minutes. Turning twenty-two, which is home. after you turn uh, twenty-one, it's like lessons. Yeah. It's like, no, the uh, story is gun, guns. Guns aren't great for people because they usually kill people. Yeah, I do know this about guns. Um, no one's ever been shot guy by a gun when, and killed by a gun when there wasn't a gun around. That's true. So I'm also going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this. In the culture we oh, live in. Oh, really? Someone's been shot true. when there was no gun in the area? What? Exactly. Somebody did exactly what he. Uh, what? what somebody did off camera. There was, um, I don't remember where it was. It was somewhere in the States. Florida. Where somebody shot a gun straight Up in, in the, the air. air. That's so stupid. And, like, and the bullet. a few kilometers down the road, the bullet came back down. Boom. Hit a young girl in a front lawn during a during a kill actually killed someone yeah, yeah killed her did they trace it back to actually that the incident? worst part yes I know the story quite clear actually the worst yeah. part is they charged another guy for it because they didn't believe the trajectory of the bullet could have possibly been <laughs> yeah. a right. random fire That's fucked so they blamed this dude living next door who had a history of gun violence like shooting off his gun in the backyard they Jesus. said he did it. And it was only like six months later that a, a forensic expert was like, you know what? Actually, the, the angle of the shot that hit her in the head came almost down, like straight down on her head. The guy standing in the lawn directly in front of her could not possibly have shot her. Yeah, exactly. Right? Safety by Thank math. Thank God for science. It's like a, that's like a, that's a reenactment show plot written right there. The killer was 20 meters away. Or was he? Yeah, right. It's actually a really old story too. That happens a lot. I mean, think about <laughs> think about like Cinco de Mayo in Mexico 100 years ago. 
right? Right. Where it's just like people. Ayo! Ayo! Like everyone's seen the video footage. We all know it. This is not. This is not uncommon. Is going, I mean, obviously, it's going way faster when you shoot it, but doesn't it reach like? Well, terminal velocity zero. still hurts you pretty good. Yeah, and then falls, but it would kill you. Never reaches zero. It arcs before it reaches zero. Even there's no such thing as straight up. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like you're not yeah, putting yeah. a 90 degree level right. on your gun. And, like, in my head, it's a cartoon. Right. So it's just going. But even if it was, even if it was 90 degrees straight up, face the bullet it. itself so will catch record, some wind. Yeah, there'll be something. Lars thinks in cartoon form. <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon point is, cartoon bullets with smiley faces. I learned that with, I learned that with arrows as a kid. We were shooting arrows off this guy's backyard, and we nearly hit this girl, this woman in the neighbor neighbor's yard. Like she was sunbathing and. I fired an arrow that skipped off the top of the target. Did this crazy arc. Came down and hit the fucking lawn chair right next to her. And all I hear is a scream over the fence. And I was like, okay. Went over, looked over the fence. She's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, we're just doing some practice for archery team and stuff. And I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and she we look at her face. I realized, like, this is not going to float, is it? She's like... And I'm like, okay, well, what if I just run away and you don't know my name? She's like, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, just ghosted, and that was all right. Shooting so whoever you are, I didn't shoot you. Remember that? I didn't. Shooting off arrows. Did, it, Bob did not shoot you. That's the moral of the Apparently lesson. That's it a wasn't Canadian Bob. Thing. Shooting right? arrows. It was not Bob. I think we need to wrap it up. Uh, hit us up I at 39DD Show on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube if you want to watch the videos. Yeah, everybody listen still to the podcast. Some difficulty finding this podcast. How, what the why, fuck? How? People do not do they not understand how the internet so works? The, like. If you don't, if you don't understand how the internet works, then you don't deserve to listen to it. But what's the problem? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know the, I don't know how the internet go works. Go to Spotify and look up 39 Drunk and Disorderly. Go yeah, to YouTube. Yeah, go to Facebook. These files over here just, just shitting on a little guy. Literally everywhere you listen to podcasts, it's like. Send, That's what I keep saying. Literally send wow. me a message at Laughing Vikings at Lars Classington. Message any one of us and we'll like send you the direct link if you're Except having me, trouble. You just can't message me. Or just like Google 39DD show. Yeah. 39DD S-H-O-W. Like if you can't find it, you don't. Do, like, and that, if, Batman, was what we needed this whole time. Instead of all this time, whoa, if you can't find it, then you don't deserve Honestly, it. Honestly, if you can't man. find it, then it's not for you. If you can't figure out the internet, then we can't help no, you. No, if you can't figure out the internet, then you're like me and the show is exactly home. for you. Don't listen to these plebs. We'll We're carve going. it in trees and spray paint it on walls we'll post it notes up. Trees. Yeah. look for posters in your neighborhood yeah, so post it notes whatever 